with Morgan streaking. She's chipping the goalkeeper. The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets the crossing. It's towards Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. You are listening to episode 66 of Give and Go, and I'm your host, Rotas Wadera. Thank you so, so much for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. It is a blessing to be able to do this and to have another episode come your way. It's Thanksgiving season. We are truly, truly grateful and thankful for every one of you who listen to this podcast and support Girls Soccer Network. Again, for all the latest and greatest from the world of women's soccer, go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Check us out on Instagram at Girls Soccer Network or on Twitter at Girls Soccer Net. Right, and of course, this podcast, please support us wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen, we are there. We've got you covered This is a very special episode. I say that every time, but that's because each and every episode is that special to me. Alyssa Thompson and Angelina Anderson of Angel City. The two rookies have made a huge impact for Angel City in more ways than one. So it is an amazing opportunity to get to speak with the both of them in the same interview. That is coming up. First, let's give you a quick rundown of what else we're going to talk about. The NWSL final will tie a bow on that season. The TV deal, which is coming, which is huge. Emma Hayes, of course, coming to the U.S. Women's National Team is huge. Flatko Antonovsky going back to Kansas City. Crystal Dunn and free agency in general. This is going to be the biggest free agency period for the NWSL in its history. And then we'll talk a little bit about the NCAA tournament and give a shout out to our friends over on the Big Life podcast, Jordan Wicks and Sam Carey. All right. Without further ado, we will not delay this anymore. It was, again, amazing to speak with the phenom Melissa Thompson and Angelina Anderson, who had a phenomenal end to her rookie season, filling in and becoming the number one keeper for Angel City. So without further ado, guys, enjoy. We are with Alyssa Thompson and Angelina Anderson from Angel City FC. And guys, it is so great to, to have you on. Uh, thank you so, so much for joining us. Alyssa and Angelina, how are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah, good. Enjoying off season. Liz is still busy with getting ready for camps and stuff, I'm sure. <laughs> but it's, it's been nice to just kind of chill. So that's been good. <laughs> Glad. Yeah, enjoying the off season. So uh, Alyssa, I'm sure this has been kind of an, an insane, you know, last year, year and a half uh, for you. What has been the toughest part of the transition for you going from playing high school soccer to now pro soccer? I think the toughest part is just honestly learning what it means to be a professional. I didn't really think about that before I feel like making like the decision, Um, like going in every day, realizing like this is a job and I love soccer so much. It's just there's so many things that go into being a professional, like 
what you eat, how like meetings, watching like film, um, just being with your team every single day and seeing everyone. So I've like never experienced something like that since I didn't go to college. Um, and yeah, I that was hard for me to adjust to. And uh, Angelina, we'll go to you next. Um, for you, what did you do to stay ready and and improve throughout the season? Because you're you're also uh, a rookie, and we didn't get to see you play until much later in the season. And you did an amazing job in in coming into the team. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's I think it's a difficult thing to kind of just be on the bench or not even dressing for games, but you're still showing up every day and putting the work in. Right. Um, but I think for me, I came into my rookie year with like, I didn't really have any expectations to play or to get much time. I really wanted to, I hoped for that. Um, and I think it was just a daily goal of mine to like, keep the mentality that I just need to keep improving, just keep doing the right thing. Um, and eventually my time will come. Um, I've always believed that like, there's no secret to success. It's just do the right thing, work hard and your time's going to come. And I just really feel like I kept believing that day in and day out. And when I got my moment, I was able to capitalize on it and it was really fun. So I'm proud of my mentality with that for sure. And do you feel like you've done enough to take over that number one job next season? I mean, I think it's a really difficult thing to answer, especially because the goalkeeping group is so talented. And I think it could vary game to game of like what's needed in this game. And, you know, ultimately some days when you have such a, when all three goalkeepers are really good one week, it might be up to a different keeper to step in and play. And I think that's the really amazing thing about um, the three keepers on our team is like, I think the team has confidence in all three of us that we're really talented and can get the job done. So I feel really lucky to be a part of such a talented group. All right, Alyssa, we're going back to you. Um, how have you been able to manage such high expectations being the number one pick at your age coming into a situation like this? I'm sure it's been a whirlwind of, of a situation. I mean, it's it's definitely been hard, but honestly, just having like my teammates has been really helpful just to let me know like what I'm doing right, what I could work on, what I can improve on. Um, and just talking to them about how I feel because they've been in my position before and being a rookie is hard in itself. And I tried to not put a lot of pressure on myself because I feel like <laughs> they just wouldn't serve me really so yeah I mean throughout the season I felt obviously the pressure to be the best and like be the best version of myself but I feel like I put more pressure on myself than what other people were saying about me being the number one draft or anything like that i didn't really think about that during the season. I just like wanted to get better and um, play the best that I could play and know I could play. All right. Uh, these, all right. So now this is for both of you guys. Uh, how would you describe what your rookie season was like and what it meant to you? Um, I feel like I would describe my rookie season as 
like unexpected <laughs> kind of I feel like you know everyone hopes to play and to have a good year and all that but I really just didn't expect um I didn't expect to play as many games as I did I didn't expect to be successful in those games I didn't expect to improve as much as I did um and I think it was just really eye-opening for me and it's something that you don't really know like you don't know if you can do it you don't know if you fit you don't know if you can have this success at this level until you're there um and so I think it was just really meaningful to me that I got those opportunities um and was able to like prove to myself that I can do it you know and yeah it it just it meant a lot because I think it gave me confidence um at the same time I had to like work on my confidence in a lot of ways but I think that was probably the most meaningful part of the season um was just growing in that confidence um I probably describe my rookie season as a roller coaster. I feel like there were so many ups and downs. And um, I mean, the ups were really amazing. I like got to go to the World Cup and like just playing a lot of games with Angel City was amazing and meeting so many amazing people was awesome. But yeah, there were some days that were hard and being in high school still and finishing out that was really hard. Um, and just like honestly the season was pretty long which we were very happy about um but I mean losing in the quarterfinal was hard and I feel like we definitely could have gone further but overall I feel like I learned a lot about myself and like it's just this year has made me grow up a lot I feel like um and yeah I I wouldn't have grown up like this without like this year so and if you guys had to pick what your favorite moment was from the season, what would it be? Ooh, I feel like I have a lot of really good memories from this year, but the one that's sticking out the most is um, our game against Portland where we scored five goals. It was just like what we needed. It was <laughs> The energy was so high. I remember after every goal, I was like back there, like fist pumping, hyping the crowd up. Like I was just, it was one of those moments where you really feel like the joy of the game when, you know, a lot of times it can feel kind of just like, all right, I got to get my job done type of feeling. Um, but it was a really fun game to play. And it was so fun to see us kind of like firing on all cylinders like we know that we can you know it just it felt like things were clicking that day it was fun the energy and the crowd was crazy I had a bunch of family in the stands and so I think that is probably a game I'll remember forever yeah I mean there are so many good memories this season I feel like for me just the first game and scoring the goal I was so excited like I could not believe it like it was even like on my face like I could not <laughs> believe I just scored in my first game ever in the NWSL and I was just like so happy and all my friends were there from school and my family was there and I like felt so much joy just playing so it was like really fun and I got to like all all um like the girls came over and hugged and like me and Ali were celebrating and I was just like really, really happy. 
That's amazing. That's so, that's so awesome. And wholesome. I love that. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Angelina, I'm glad you mentioned five uh, one because I got to add, I was there. I've been a season ticket holder. So that again, core memory for me too. I will never forget yeah. that day. And just like being in the crowd and every time a goal went in, we were just like, what is happening? We're like, is this, we're just like, is this really happening right I now? Know. Like we're getting everything we need to get into. And the then play. a bicycle kick. Right. Yeah. The bicycle kick. Just, right. Oh my God. That was insane. insane. Yeah. What, a, what an incredible game. Yeah. <laughs> the beauty of sports as, as you put it. Yeah. So I guess, when did you start to see the shift in, in the team? Because obviously the first half of the year didn't go as, as well as the second half and how big of a role did Becky Tweed end up playing and interning things around? I think it was instant, honestly, like once Becky was our coach, like we won our game against San Diego and we just built momentum from there. I think Becky was really good at building our confidence and giving the team like what we needed. Um, And she wanted to see us obviously perform well, but like, work hard and want to win and like see that from us and like our everyday yeah building on that the everyday differences I think were what really kind of like changed the energy um just even like the standards at training her leadership and like her ability to kind of command a room and motivate I think were some really big things that she brought and then also I just remember there was a complete vibe shift even in the locker room it felt like more connected like everyone was more connected and I don't know if Liz you can attest to this but like that was about halfway through the season like I was still a rookie I I was kind of finding my spot on the team but like after that I really felt like all right I'm a part of this team and like I belong here and so there was just a different sense of like togetherness and connectedness and I feel like that really translated onto the field as well was that just a difference in in coaching style with with coach Becky Tweed or like difference like what was the main difference that you noticed in style between her and what Freya Kuhn was doing yeah I mean I think just kind of what just to reiterate I guess what we said it was more like upholding standards um And like the fact that details matter and that the day-to-day, the day-to-day trainings that feel monotonous, it's like, Mm -hmm. those are what are going to translate onto game day. And I think, you know, we all can say that and we all know that, especially as professionals, but when Becky became the head coach, I feel like that was just kind of ingrained into us and it was made more apparent. And so we were more focused on that. Um, And then I would also just say like, yeah, her presence um, as a coach and being able to really like command the group when we, when it was needed, um, I think was a huge differentiator too. Now, um, this is obviously a celebrity owned club. It's LA, it's Hollywood. Have you guys been starstruck before? And was there any celebrity that made you say, oh my God, I'm, I'm freaking out on the inside or on the outside? The only, yeah, yes, I've been starstruck, but it wasn't from like a celebrity who attended our game. It was a celebrity on our team. Um, oh. I remember growing up, I had like, I had three like big time U.S. women's national team idols and they were Hope Solo, 
Julie Johnston, now Julia Ertz, and Sydney LaRue. And when I met Sydney LaRue before Julie was on our team, I was I was a little starstruck for sure. Um, now Sid and I are friends, so it's like crazy. I was also starstruck again when I met Julie. Um, and it's just crazy to me to think like I'm teammates with my idols that I grew up, you know, obsessing over and just being so inspired by like they're my teammates now it was a surreal crazy feeling um but I was a little starstruck when I met them (laughs) for sure (laughs) I I like have to I agree with that too like I I haven't really been starstruck like off the field but on the field meeting all of these like players that you wouldn't ever dream of playing with like I was on the couch just watching them just like in awe of what they could do um and like just being on the national team was in such a like a far off thing for me and like meeting Kristen I like feel like every time I meet her I'm still like (laughs) a little starstruck and like obviously Sid she was such like a beast on the national team and I like love just how she played and like just how she like fought on the field and it was like crazy to be playing with these players and then also like they want you to be the best version of yourself too so they are on the field like not so much Kristen but Sid is just like telling you how you can get better and like get to like where she is and um I just think it's amazing and I I definitely meeting them was not like a disappointment. It was like, made me love them even more. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) That's amazing. And so you've talked about kind of your soccer idols and who, I guess, was there anyone in particular, like, was there a goalie for you, Angelina, who you modeled your game after? And Alyssa, was there a player who you tried to like emulate or was it all kind of self-creation? I don't feel like there was a goalkeeper that I tried to like model my game after um and I think it's also a little difficult for me because there aren't a ton of or at least when I was growing up I didn't feel like there were a ton of six feet tall goalkeepers that I could emulate and like you know just body movements and like what we're capable of doing versus someone who's shorter like things like that I never really thought about um but like I said before I was just I thought Hope Solo was the most tenacious competitor I've ever seen. And I think that was something that I always just thought was amazing. And then I also had a senior goalkeeper when I was a freshman in high school, who is a goalkeeper with the Orlando Pride. Um, Her name's Kaylee Collins. And she was probably the first goalkeeper that... I was like close to and trained with every day that I was like, wow, like she's really good. Like I could be a little, like I'm going to be her little mini her kind of, and just learn from her. And I remember specifically in high school soccer tryouts, I saw her like make a save and I was like, oh my God, I want to do that. Like, and so I think (laughs) that was probably like my first um, goalkeeper idol that I was actually like it was more of a tangible thing rather than like hopes all of this big celebrity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like my idols are definitely, 
as a whole, I think the national team was just like above everything else. And I like never thought I could like be there so soon, obviously, but just like in general, because it was just this far off thing that the best players go to. And Alex Morgan, I looked up to a lot. Um, Definitely Sydney LaRue. But like, I feel like I didn't try to emulate my game after Kristen Press, but I loved like the things that she would do. And I feel like she was so underrated. And I don't know why. I didn't know why people weren't like crazy about Kristen Press because she was so good. And like the goals she would score were like unbelievable. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I want to score a goal like that. Like, I, like, want to, how do I do that certain type of shot and stuff like that. So her being a forward, too, was, like, I felt like I was, I could get to there. Um, But definitely Christian Press, I feel like I looked up to a lot. Yeah, for both of you guys. Kaylee Collins, that's, like, a great callback, a great shout-out for someone who's in the league (laughs) already. That's pretty cool from high school to the league. And then I could not agree with you more, Alyssa. Like, Kristen Press is just, like, really does not get her due. So I, I agree completely. Do you guys have any game day superstitions? Ange, I feel like you totally do. Ange Why? Because I'm sitting in the corner of the locker room, like, <laughs> with my headphones on. I don't have really, like, superstitions, but I have, like, a game day routine. So I guess that's a super because <laughs> if I don't follow it, I'm I'm gonna have the worst. <laughs> but yeah, I really just need to like take time to myself and just kind of like be in my own head. That's like noise canceling headphones with music. Like it's funny every time, like every game day, without fail, someone will be talking to me or like trying to get my attention, and then I'm like, what? After five minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say the noise canceling headphones, just kind of getting into my own little world. Um, and I have to do a lot of visualization of basically uh, like a highlight reel of myself just being successful on the field and like in my head, imagining and like seeing what it's like from my perspective, from your perspective of me making a save or taking a cross or hitting a ball, like just things like that. I think, I think visualization um, and like mental preparation have such a huge, at least in my game, they're a huge part of my success. So if I don't, yeah, I would say that's my superstition. Cause if I don't get that in, I'm feeling kind of uneasy, you know? (laughs) I feel like for me, I haven't had, like, I don't have really a game day routine. I just like go with the vibe of what I feel. (laughs) Um, Sometimes like I want to be to myself. Sometimes I want to like dance. Sometimes I want to put, suggest songs to play, but I'm not, I'm not really superstitious. I don't like to be just because I don't want to feel like I have to do something. And if I don't do it, then my whole day's ruined or my game's ruined. So I just like want to know like, I don't need something to play well. I'm just going to go out there and play how I usually play. But I probably should start with a routine for like for big games. I feel like that's what I need to start doing. But right now I'm just like, I like how I don't have a routine. It just makes me feel more at ease and like less nervous. Yeah, that's a great mindset to have. You don't want to have to rely on something. 
Yeah. Right. I wish I was like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, last question for you guys. Uh, what would you say is your advice to all the young girls out there who are looking to take their game to the next level, whether it's to the varsity team, to college, or if they have dreams of going pro? I would say probably just not to compare yourself to anyone. I know that's really hard and I'm still trying to not try to compare myself to people but even just like in your journey everyone's journey is going to be different like I went pro at 18 and that's not for everyone and it doesn't mean you can't be the best in the world if you didn't go pro when you were 16 17 18 um like you shouldn't compare your journey to anyone else like everyone has something different that's going to work for them and you just have to stick to that and know that what you're doing is like you're giving everything and if you know that then you'll be able to get to any level you want that's really nicely put um I think like I really agree with not comparing yourself to other people and I think what for me has kind of gone a long way with that is this like trying to instill this inner belief in yourself um, and not having to receive your confidence from other sources, if that makes sense, um, and not comparing your performance to her performance because your set of standards are your own. It still means like hold high standards and work hard to get there. But I think um, for me, I kind of had this growing up, but I think having that like self-confidence, like I can do this and truly believing that you're not going to believe it every day, but trying to really like fortify that part of yourself, I feel like helped me tremendously and is something that I really rely on to this day. So yeah, like an intrinsic confidence. Again, that was Alyssa Thompson and Angelina Anderson and you think about Angel City's future, while they did trade away a few draft picks, they've really gone all in on signing as many stars as they can sign. These two players, Alyssa Thompson and Angelina Anderson, they are the future of the club. They are two pieces that you're going to be able to build around for a long time to come, assuming that they stay and that the team doesn't trade them or do anything like that. I would hope that the goal is to keep these two players around for a long, long time because they've they've shown that they are capable of performing when it matters the most. So these two, again, it was it was truly awesome to get to speak with speak with both of them and, and get to know them a little bit better and talk about kind of what makes them tick and what is a priority to them in their lives. So. We really hope you enjoyed that, guys. Alyssa and Angelina, thank you guys so much again. Angel City, thank you. And um, here's to the first of many interviews, hopefully, with us at Give and Go. All right, switching gears to the NWSL Championship. And the OL Reign took on Gotham. I know it's slightly in the rear view, but we can't not talk about how dramatic it was and how good it is that the final was... An incredible moment. First off, the fact that the final was done at night. That whole night game vibe that it had just adds to the the gravity of the game and really makes it feel like the stakes are higher. So that was huge right off the bat, right? The fact that it was a night game and not at like 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. It wasn't anything like that. So that was great. Then you have the fact that 
some not so great news as well was Megan Rapino not really getting the storybook ending that we all thought uh, she was going to get. I personally picked the rain to win this game. I thought that they were given that they were all at full strength that they would be able to get this done. But six minutes into the game, her Achilles was done, and to think that that's how her career is going to end, uh, it's not fun to think about. To think that that one of the greatest players in the country's history in her last ever game tears it six minutes in. You know, that's no one wants to see that. No one wants to see that. So, you know, I think it's a tough way to go out. What made it even worse was that they lost the game. So you have they they simply could not stop Gotham. Midge Purse, the star, what a full circle moment this is for her, someone who couldn't make it on rosters, someone who wouldn't be able to make it into the starting eleven for certain teams in the past. Right, she kind of had to dispel some some stereotypes about her and really have to push through kind of what it takes to become a a bona fide starter in this league. And when it mattered the most, that run that she went on to feed Lynn Williams was just absolutely perfect. The way that she took the defenders on, her movement, her fluidity, like you're just not stopping that. It's not happening. So Midge won MVP. Lynn Williams got the first goal. Esther Gonzalez, again, another great signing from Gotham. Having just won the World Cup now, she wins an NWSL crown. A great signing. Every single move that Gotham made, going back to the draft, we were there at the convention center. GSN was there, and we saw the shock of Gotham trading for Lynn Williams. And look at how that move panned out. You trade for Lynn Williams, you add Esther Gonzalez, Midge Purse starts playing well, you add a bunch of veterans into the mix, and this team finally comes through and gives Allie Krieger her fairytale send-off. It might not have worked out for Megan Rapinoe, but Allie Krieger, who honestly isn't talked about nearly as much as Megan Rapinoe is, she kind of gets her her farewell, her dream fairytale ending, and gets the send-off that she deserves. So Gotham, kudos, man, congrats. To be that team that, to only be a team so many years ago, converted from Sky Blue to Gotham, and you guys get your first ring. Considering where Sky Blue was 10 plus years ago to now, it's a huge turnaround for women's soccer, a huge turnaround for women's sports, and shows that it can be done. If you are willing to invest, if you are willing to put the time in, and you're willing to devote the resources, it can be done. So Gotham has done it. They've reached the pinnacle and congrats on an incredible season. Since we're talking about the game, next it only makes sense we move to the TV deal, which is, again, huge for the NWSL. No more just Paramount Plus and the occasional game, maybe one game a week on CBS Sports Network or maybe a game on CBS. Now we're finally going to get to have true access now some of you might have to step up your subscription game and i'm sorry about that because it just means more money but it was a 40x raise in terms of money for women's soccer in the in the tv deal 240 million dollars with cbs espn amazon and scripts now scripts i thought was interesting because that's known more for the national spelling bee. I could, I guess they're trying to venture a little bit more into sports, which is really cool to see. But you're talking about CBS, ESPN, Amazon, and Scripps. So I don't know whether it's going to be ESPN+. Plus. We'll get some 
options to watch games there. ESPN, ESPN2, will we get some nationally televised games? I hope so. CBS was already in the deal. Amazon will likely be on Amazon Prime streaming and scripts we, we've yet to see. But a $240 million broadcast deal with four major streaming and cable partners, man... This is the the growth and the steady progress that we've talked about so many times before in this podcast. This is what it looks like. This means, hey, we have arrived. We're going to get more visibility. We're going to get more games on TV. More people are going to know about what the NWSL is and what women's soccer is in this country. So it's a historic, it's a landmark deal. People are going to look back on this deal and say what it did for the league and what it did for the sport. So there's no question how important this deal is and just really excited. And honestly, it's it's a pain not having to to go through Paramount Plus every single time. Paramount Plus, I'm telling you guys, out of all the streaming services that are available to you to watch sports, Paramount Plus is probably the worst one of all of the streaming services. And I'm not trying to say that as like a slight towards... Well, I guess, yeah, it's women's soccer constantly getting disrespected, right? Let's get them on better streaming services. Let's get them on better streaming services so that, you know, we can appreciate them a little bit more. More camera angles so we can actually see what happened on certain plays. All that is so critical. So, glad. Very, very happy. Super thrilled to not have to be on Paramount Plus anymore. ESPN always does great coverage. You see it when... The College Cup comes around every year. ESPN covers the game and, get, and does it justice. So whether it's Amazon, ESPN, CBS scripts, they're all going to do a great job, I'm sure, with making sure the NWSL gets the recognition that it deserves. Next up, we move to the U.S. Women's National Team. And Emma Hayes, a home run hire of, every, of any person we could have hired, this was the best possible person for the job. And... If, if you're a U.S. Women's National Team fan, you have to be thrilled about this. You have to be thrilled. And I know, look, they did not, they still have one more year. Emma Hayes will stay until the end of May. So they still have one last chance to win that Champions League trophy, right? That's kind of been their goal since Hayes has took, taken over because they've won the, the Premier League or, yeah, they've won the Premier League so many times. They've won the Cups. They've won everything but that Champions League. That's the only thing she has not won. Now, if she gets that and then comes to the U.S. Women's National Team, then you're feeling even better about it. But the bottom line is she wants to win. She wants to challenge the players, and that's the biggest thing. The key thing about all of this is that she wants to challenge these players to go to another level. And I think that's part of the thing with the U.S. Women's National Team is where do you go? You're almost too good for your own benefit, you need someone new and something new to come in and challenge you and and break the mold and, and test you and show you that there is more. And Emma Hayes is the perfect person to do that. So we wanted to get back on the, on the winning side of things and you'd have to believe that that's going to happen now that Emma Hayes is here and the whole focus is just going to shift to to winning a World Cup and maybe doing the World Cup gold medal in the same cycle at the Olympics if it's possible but those are going to be the types of goals that Emma Hayes will set for this program and it's going to be great to watch her go to work and see the kind of team that she builds there are two friendlies coming up against China and it is certainly a bit of a no-look roster but people have no reason to freak out I think it's 
the coaching staff and everyone trying to figure out who is going to step up next into this player pool. How can we expand it? Is there anyone that we're missing? Is there anyone who we need to keep an eye on? And so you'll see a lot of names are there from the past who have been with the team. Alyssa Thompson, Mia Fischel, Ashley Hatch, Lynn Williams. They've all been in the team. They just haven't been playing that often. They'll probably get more opportunities. Jenna Nyswanger getting the call up is so well-deserved. We've, again, had her on the podcast twice now. And to see her rise to this point, she also, again, winning the title in your rookie season. I mean, it does it get better than that. And then you have Corbin Albert as well, who is doing great things over at PSG. So a lot of new players are going to get a look that they're not that they didn't get previously. So it's just an opportunity to kind of re- reevaluate and see where the U.S. team is at. If, is Emma Hayes going to find a player that she likes that she will bring in now? All of that. Is, is soon to come. I think Hayes is still trying to juggle, and uh, Twyla Kilgore, I think, is still going to be the interim until Hayes takes over. So this will kind of be more of an evaluation process against China. So it's not. Don't be alarmed if you don't see your favorite players on that on this list. It'll be it'll be all right. They're just taking some time off. It's a little ways away until the next major competitions. So keep it. Keep an eye on those friendlies, though, for sure. You'll get a chance to see a lot of great new talent. Speaking of the U.S. women's national team, their previous manager, Vladko Andonovsky, is going back to Kansas City. And based on what Kansas City has done as an organization already in the last two to three years, under Brittany Mahomes' leadership and how they've built this organization, this is, again, a home run hire. I know people people might be down on Vladko because he wasn't able to get it done at the World Cup for the U.S. women's national team. But, hey, this guy can flat-out coach still. Okay, at, the, at the domestic level, he can flat-out coach. So Kansas City is getting a huge, huge hire to come back. Already won two titles there and could add another in the future. With this team, with this group that they have already, plus what he's going to add to the mix from his tactical knowledge and what he knows and his experience at this level, oh, man, it's easier right he doesn't have to man he doesn't have to deal with all the stuff that he dealt with at the world cup it's a whole nother level the u.s women's national team a whole nother level compared to this now coming back he'll be thrilled he will be thrilled to be getting this kansas city team i mean they were doing incredibly well and have such a great young core of players that it's impossible to not like this kansas city team going forward um, they're definitely going to be a playoff team next year I, I would be willing to say that right now, that this team will make the playoffs under Vladko Andonovsky. So a huge hire there as well. We move to NWSL free agency next. And man, if I when I go down this list of names, you're going to be shocked at just the amount of talent there is that will be available for other teams to sign. Obviously, there's the expansion draft coming as well with Bay FC and the Utah Royals. Utah Royals added Michaela Clough from Orlando. So she's going back home. She went to BYU. It's a great fit for her. And then Alex Loera becoming Bay FC's next player, coming from Kansas City. She also went to Santa Clara. The Bay Area is an important area to her. She's going closer to home. So those two players are going. And then same with Caprice Didasco. What a pickup that is for Bay FC. It's huge for them to bring in a defender like that who has the experience that she has and has played for as long as she has in this league. So... If you're Bay FC, you're thrilled about getting Alex Loera and 
Capri Stadasco this early on. But this is the list that I'm going to go through of unrestricted free agents. What that means is any team can make you an offer, and if you want that offer, then then that's what you're going to go with. Basically, unrestricted versus restricted is where if you're restricted, if a team makes you an offer, the same team that you were just with can match that offer and you'd go back to that to your original team. Unrestricted means you have full choice, full opportunity, full uh, everything to choose what you want should a team have interest in you. So there's some great goalkeepers. Nicole Barnhart, who's been in the league for so long, a solid backup. Michelle Beto, solid backup, could go help out another team right away. Emily Boyd has been the backup in Chicago for pretty much her entire career, having to sit behind Alyssa Nair. So if a team is looking for a new number one and was looking to give her a shot, I think Emily Boyd is a potential number one keeper out there on the market. Amber Brooks has been around the block for so long. With the spirit, will she resign? Will she go elsewhere? That's another big name. Simone Charlie coming off the Achilles injury. That's going to be tough. Whether Angel City resign her or not, I hope they do. She was a big part of their plans. Alicia Chapman continues to play at a high level for Houston. She might end up elsewhere. Tierna Davidson, an unrestricted free agent. Now, anyone can be willing to take a chance on that. We have no idea what her health is like. Coming off the ACL, is she the same player that she used to be? But that's a big name to keep an eye on. Mackenzie Doniak, if anyone's looking to sign into the striker, who is always good for at least two or three goals a year, you go and get her. Imani Dorsey is fresh off of winning the title in Gotham, another solid player who hasn't really gotten as much time as as I feel like she deserves to get. Crystal Dunn, out in Portland, which is huge. So that... They're going to have to rebuild a little bit. They're obviously focusing on their younger prospects. So Crystal Dunn is out, and she might go to a title contender right away. I would love to see where she's going to sign. If she Kansas City, Kansas City might be the perfect place. Elizabeth Eady, solid midfielder. Angel City probably won't be bringing her back. Sinead Fairley, what a story that was for her to be coming from the North Carolina situation to this situation and winning Getting a ring out of it, got to be pretty special. Uh, Sarah Gordon, that needs to be Angel City's utmost priority to bring her back as an unrestricted free agent. One of the best defenders in the league this year, really just as reliable as ever. Shea Groom hasn't been able to stay on the pitch, but again, with the right team, the right situation, she's a, she's a player that's going to score and produce and make her teammates around her better. Tori Huster has been with Washington for so long. I think might be the most capped player and the most experienced player in the team's history and so that is a big loss for them if they can't bring her back megan klingenberg not coming back in portland that could be huge again so a changing of the guard a little bit some faces moving around in this league that'll be different next year megan klingenberg is another one casey krueger might not come back unrestricted as well so they might get a whole lot younger Rose Lavelle, the O.L. Reign, easily the biggest name in free agency is probably Rose Lavelle. So whoever's, it's either that or Europe's going to come calling, right? She, she was at Man City, didn't really work out. Will she come back? Will she, we don't know. Will she go somewhere else? Who is it going to be that she goes to? It's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on Rose Lavelle's status. Allie Long coming off the title. Where may she go? Nobody knows. 
Merritt Mathias. Again, I think Angel City is going to resign her. I think they did resign her because they kept her basically the entire year while she was injured. So there's no reason to let her go now. You held her on for a full year. You can't let that uh, investment go to waste. Savannah McCaskill played such a huge role for Angel City. Will she come back? I hope so. I hope she's a part of the plans. Sam Mewis says she doesn't know when she's going to come back to the pitch at all. So that's a tough one to hear about. Nadia Nadim is gone in Louisville. Someone's going to have to put a move in there. Yuki Nagasato in Chicago. Man, some names here. Yuki Nagasato is a big-time player. Chicago seems to just be cleaning house. Madison Pogarsh solid player that they that the thorns developed who the wave also took on and she she's going to make a team better Carrie Ricaro in Chicago solid reliable midfielder Becky Sauerbrunn still available on the market as well Desiree Scott solid Kayla Sharples also solid Christine Sinclair unrestricted could she it sounds unthinkable that she's going to leave Portland right unthinkable Will she resign? You'd have to think so, but we don't know for sure yet. Emily Sonnet, another big name. Mallory Swanson, you would think Chicago's going to resign her. I don't think there's any way they let her go. That's that's too big of a player to let go. Emily Van Egmond, the Aussie, the Matildas veteran, played a huge role for the Wave this year. Danny Weatherholt in Angel City was great. McCall Zerboni, Kristen Westfall. So a lot of great veteran names on this list that are out there. For, people, for teams to get better, teams to sign. So keep an eye on this period, guys. It's going to be the most fun leading up to the draft. But from now till January, even February, leading up to the season again in March, April, Like this time is going to be the most exciting for the NWSL that we've maybe ever had. So definitely keep an eye on, on those transactions as the news comes out. All right, before we wrap things up, just wanted to give a quick shout-out to... UC Irvine in the NCAA tournament getting to a Sweet 16. They upset the number one seed defending champions UCLA in round one with 10 players, I'm pretty sure. I just don't know how they do it at this point. To beat UCLA and then beat Gonzaga to get to the Sweet 16, I mean, pretty sure there wasn't even another major upset really the rest of the tournament. Like, yeah, a a lower seed might have beaten a higher seed, but... Those aren't like major upsets. This is UC Irvine beating UCLA. It's almost like we have to stop considering them as a small school team and start considering them as, as like a big, a big high major team because they continue to do this at, at such a at such a high level. I mean, it's incredible. And one thing we also wanted to do was just give a quick shout out to Iowa, Michigan State for our friends over at the Big Life Podcast for two incredible, incredible seasons Iowa and Michigan State both won their opening round games, and I'm sure it was incredible for for Sam and Jordan to be able to experience that. And again, we congratulate you guys on what was an incredible year for you both, and wish you guys truly that, I mean, I hope to see you both in the league next year. That's honestly, that's the goal, right? That's, that's what we're hoping for. So again, if you haven't listened to the Big Life Podcast, definitely go check that out as well. Again, it's all over Girls Soccer Network, so please go do that. Otherwise, you know, the the tournament's been pretty straightforward. The top eight teams remain by the time this episode comes out. I'm sure we'll be at the final four stage, so I don't want to make any extra predictions, anything like that, but expect to see four incredibly good teams 
in that final four for next weekend where we'll be doing previews we will be doing all that great stuff within the next week or so so please make sure to stay tapped in to everything girls soccer network that is all that i have for you today guys i'm your host rotas Badera, and thank you so so much for making the choice to listen to us at girls soccer network again www.girlsoccernetwork.com on instagram at girls soccer network or twitter at girls soccer net Again, if you want to get in touch with me, I am on Instagram at RowanDatas25, R-O-W-I-N-D-A-T-A-S 25. Thank you all. Again, we are eternally grateful for you guys. Thank you. Peace out.